Have you been wondering what 2024 holds for you? What will be the energy, the themes, the benefits, and the challenges? Well, then you're in luck because today's guest is an intuitive, spiritual teacher, numerologist, and someone with a deep understanding of the Chinese zodiac. She's going to teach us how to best work with the energy of 2024 and what the Year of the Dragon has in store. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm an award-winning podcast host and producer, singer-songwriter, and multi-passionate creative. This show sits at the intersection of creativity, mental health, self-development, and spirituality, and it's meant to give you tools to love, trust, and know yourself enough to claim your right to creativity and pursue whatever it is that's on your heart. Today's guest is Mitra Rabar. She's a healer, intuitive, singer, author, humanitarian, and spiritual teacher. She's worked with stars such as Jennifer Aniston, Giselle Bundchen, Sheryl Crow, Courtney Cox, and most importantly, Mitra is a dear friend of mine, and she has been an incredible spiritual advisor and mentor in my life. She has a deep understanding of Chinese astrology, and today she's going to give us a look at what 2024, the year of the dragon, has in store. And I'm super excited because I actually... Couple years ago, found out I am a dragon in Chinese astrology. This whole time, I thought it was a snake, and I was like, "Oh, it doesn't feel quite right." And then I found out the Chinese zodiac starts in February. So check yours to see what you are, because I think you're going to get a lot out of this conversation if you actually know what your astrology is. And yeah, it's super interesting. So today, she will teach you about the energy of this year and how to best utilize it why it's time to step up and into your power, and what we all need to let go of in order to best get in touch with dragon energy. It was a very exciting and uplifting conversation. I can't wait for you to hear it. Okay, now here she is, Mitra Rabar. Okay, Mitra, so tell me what is coming up for this year, 2024, Year of the Dragon. I know you're very passionate about it, what would you like people to know about this coming year? I would love to talk today about two major things. Okay. First of all, I know a lot of people are becoming more familiarized with Chinese astrology, and it's becoming so much more popular because you go on YouTube now and there's like five years ago, there were like three people talking about it. And now it's like hundreds. But here, I actually want to say something if I can. Yeah. I ask people to please not see the forecast unless that person is really, really Chinese astrologer. And there's some great ones, but there's a lot of people who just really don't also know what they're talking about. They'll give the misinformation and then people will get really misguided. Yeah. So first of all, first of all, I will, I always say I'm not a Chinese astrologer, but I have tremendous knowledge about the Chinese characters and the year. And I'm a numerologist also, and you know, an intuit. So I, in the past 31 years, I've been teaching this very popular workshop that I do, and it gives a really good guidance. So one thing I wanted to talk about is we're right now in the year of the rabbit, and we're entering the year of the dragon. But this is coinciding with us finishing the eight cycle period, mm. which was for the last 20 years, and entering the nine period, which has similarities, a lot of similarities with Pluto in Capricorn, now going to Pluto in Aquarius. However, there are certain things that may be in Chinese astrology, they go into more in depth about 
or uh, it's got a little different, uh, how do I say, a little different ingredients. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about it strictly from that point of view. Okay. But first, I want to talk about that. We've been in the year of the rabbit since last February. And the rabbit, you know, as we can just imagine, is an animal that's very gentle, hops around. So you just never know which way it's going to hop, right? So you think it's going to hop straight, but then it goes backward. <laughs> it goes side. So that's been kind of the way it's been this year for most people that they think they're going one direction, then they're going another direction and another, and the directions are really not producing result. Right. So a lot of people say, well, I worked so hard on this project or like I got this offer, I got this offer, but the offer never materializes. And that's been kind of typical of this year. And there was much more movement starting in October. Mm-hmm. And in November and December. But now, as of December 7th, I don't know if you've been feeling it, but I have been feeling it. I've been feeling a different vibrational energy. And although the year of the dragon doesn't begin till February 10th, 2024, yet it's such a bigger than life energy, the dragon. It's like such a magnificent creature, you know, that. It wants to get in fast. So the essence of it, the energetic field of it, we can feel it already. Yeah. But now we're in that in-between period, which is a really weird, chaotic, confusing, anxiety-ridden period where people are either really lethargic, like they say, I can't meet her, get out of bed, what's going on? Or they're very depressed or they're like very hyper, just like don't know what to do with all this energy. Or they're feeling a lot of physical symptoms. Or they're having a lot of insomnia. And that's because we're in that in-between period between the rabbit and the dragon who have nothing in common. Rabbit, <laughs> dragon, nothing in common, right? And then we have period eight and now period nine. Again, not much in common. We are all like trying to find our way and we have to have our feet very much firmly planted on the ground. And the next 40 days have to be really utilized by us, by a few things that I'm going to suggest that can have each person find more clarity and decisiveness. Because once the year of the dragon begins, for all of us, it's going to be a pretty powerful year. Dragon energy is known in astrology to be the most magnificent and most loved, but it's a huge energy. I always talk about the um, series, which I loved, Merlin. Oh, I love Merlin. And the <laughs> dragon there is the one that can liberate people in Merlin, or it can bring destruction. Now, the dragon doesn't bring destruction because it's mean. But it will get rid of things that no longer serve us. Oh. If we can, in the next 40 days, create what I'm going to suggest. For 30 or 40 days, let's sit wherever we are sitting in our house. If we can, if our house, we can see where is north, south, west, east. And sit with our back toward the north sector of the house. And we just close our eyes and we just imagine a vastness, just a vastness, okay? And then we have a paper and pen 
next to us. And in this vastness, we think of what no longer has a necessity in our life, what no longer serves us, what we have really concluded with our karmic wheel with. It can be a person or persons. It can be a place. It can be a job. It can be a way of thought. It can be any of those things. And we write it down. And it can be 30 things. Or it can be three things. Every day we revisit this and we bless it and we give it to the winds. We bless it energetically and we give it to the winds. And we can then crumble the piece of paper and we can either burn it or we can just throw it out or make it in little pieces and tear it up. What this is, is energetically saying, I am ready to do things which serve me. And I am thankful for these things that you know, brought me teachings and lessons, but no longer is it necessary for me. And as we do that, at the same time, we sit in that space of creating three intentions. One is for the body, this shell, right? Because this is what I'm using, right? It's my action energy. So it's about how my intention is to strengthen my body, to strengthen my immune. So this vehicle that I'm using can be of service to me and it can be healthy. The number two thing is my relationships, cultivating positivity, nurturing them and building relationships that will be wonderful energies between me and whoever that person is. This is not just romantic, it's for your parent, your sibling, your colleague, anyone. And the third one, which is my favorite, is my intention is to guide lead and serve. May I find the channels to do this. These three things are very important in Eastern thought astrology, how to really be of service to others, really how we take care of this body and our relationships, which in truth are really important in any thought. So if we do this for 30, 40 days, right now, until February 10th begins, or even a few days afterwards, then when the year of the dragon boom comes in, we have already established our goals for the year. Because the dragon energy is so huge, if we just go in the year without any preparation, we're going to constantly be distracted. So we want to have a mindset that knows where it's going. The only way we can do that is to create somewhat of a centering and somewhat of a clarity. So I'm telling everyone, choose two things that you would really like to accomplish in the first half of the year and one thing for the second half of the year. And someone will say, oh, we try only three things. And I'll say, believe me, if you can start and finish something and do it really well, that's a lot. Three strong things, that's quite a lot. So I really recommend that. I think there are certain stones that can be used during the meditation. Lapis lazuli, which is the blue stone, is my favorite for meditations. And when people may feel overwhelmed in this cycle, I recommend onyx or malachite stone. This will just help like contain them. So the key thing is not to sway like this in this 40 days and 
find the balance because next year it's hard to find the balance because we're in a lot of also dramatic energies. We oh. have the year of the election and we have the year of the dragon, which is, it's not like the rabbit. It's not like the sheep. If this is the dragon, it's the only animal sign that is not an animal. It's been created, right? It's in mythology. So the dragon belongs to the realms of the heavens and the waters and everywhere. So the dragon is very mystical, very magical, huge energy. And if people don't know how to use it, they'll get overwhelmed and they'll feel more aggressive and they'll feel more overwhelmed and they'll feel distracted. But if they know how to use the energy, dragon years can bring so much abundance and blessings. Wow, Mitra, that was amazing. So Okay, I want to ask you so many questions. And I was just transfixed as you were talking, because every time I talk to you, it's just like someone's combing out my soul so gently. It always feels like that. It just feels my nervous system just immediately regulates. And I just feel so good around you. So I just want to thank you for the person you are in my life, but also in the world, because I know you do that for everyone you come into contact with and for everyone who's listening today. So thank you. Thank you, my Lord. One thing I was thinking about was you mentioned a lot about the blessings and some about the challenges. What are the greatest blessings and challenges of this next cycle of the dragon year and of the nine cycle that you mentioned? I'm so happy you asked me. The biggest blessing is freedom and independence of the soul. So as we are entering the nine year, nine cycle period, not the nine year, the nine period, and the dragon, the dragon wants to liberate us from bondages. So on a personal level, it's again, what doesn't serve you? What's making you claustrophobic? What's the dragon says, why? And this is a rebirthing cycle from now till the dragon year. If we do the releases and the intentions, when the dragon comes, we'll say, oh my God, it's like a new energy of revival, of rebirth. And the dragon does this beautiful. And the blessings of this is our freedom as a soul for not having things that limit us. See, the dragon doesn't do limitations. And every person I know doesn't like to be limited with the year of the dragon. They do not like limitations. And when they're limited, the dragon will really want to break free. The nine period and the dragon you're starting the nine period are about the freedom of the soul. On a world scope, it's about countries finding their independence, their voice, their freedom. So this is a very powerful energy and we won't feel all of it next year because the period nine is a 20 year cycle. Wow. But the dragon year coming and the following year, the snake, these are powerhouses and these are powerful animals that will bring all of us this sense of feeling, wow, I was able to create transformation. I was able to make what I want happen. I was able to revive myself. Where last year, the year of the rabbit was a lot of people feeling stuck. But the dragon says, listen, it's about action. Hopefully you've done the work. You've done your reflection. You've done some healing. 
this is the year that I want you to really forge ahead. So this period, this 40-day period, will prepare us if we do the work every day, just 10 minutes a day. For all those blessings, you also mentioned some challenge, you know, that the energy is very intense. It could exhaust you if you're not prepared for it. What are some of the challenges coming up in this next year and some ways that we can move through them? One of the biggest challenges is that there's going to be a lot of drama. And because we're in a presidential year, this drama will really be maximized. So I tell people, don't engage in the drama, truly. And people say, it's easier said than done. I said, no, it's actually very easily done. So you don't need to watch the news 10 times a day. You don't need to go on social media 10 times a day. You got to allow the space. You see, this 40 days is about creating the space. It's about the allowance of space. So yes, I don't know what each person's challenges are going to be, but I know universally there's a challenge of tremendous drama next year. Is this drama something we want to engage in or do we want to take any situation and really sit with it, allow it to pass through us, create a pause, and then see what you want to do? That's what I recommend is to count to 10 and pause. Literally, I did that so many times in challenging years. Count to 10 and pause. And also, it's about not getting stuck in other people's drama. So it's about you honoring the space. And I tell everyone, create a sacred space around you. Like see white light around yourself and always be in your space. So even if someone challenges you, even if someone wants to argue with you, even if someone wants to be aggressive with you, literally say, I'm sorry, let's have this discussion at another time. This is not the time. And allow them to cool off. And, you know, you can cool your hands under cold water. I know I've spoken about that before to neutralize your energy field. But the challenge of the year of the dragon is for those who don't want to break away or release things that don't serve them. So they want to hang on to things like they're in a horrible relationship, let's say, and nothing is working and they're hanging on to the relationship rather than say, okay, maybe I should do this allow my relationship to breathe. Maybe I should create some space and see you then where it goes. So it's about a beginning. It's about doing things that serve you and your life and your wishes. And if you don't go with that flow and you keep struggling with the dragon, then you will not in a way be the winner because it's the dragon's reign. And we have to do things in the dragon way. So that means the dragon is saying, it's a year of changes. It's a year of transformation. It's a year of release and rebirth. Let's be open to that. Wow. So something came up because you mentioned people who are clutching onto something and afraid and want the status quo, even though they know it doesn't serve them. What about the group of people that actually really want to change, but they're held back and held down by fear? What is the dragon way of approaching and releasing fear? So dragon is almost very few people I know who are dragons or the dragon energy is almost fearless. Even if they have fear, they always end up honoring their truth. Each dragon person I know. Thank God, because I'm a dragon. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. And so it is about understanding the fear 
But understanding the fear can be your friend, like I've said before, because the fear makes you realize, tells you what you're scared of, right? So it's guiding you what needs to heal, what you need to break through. So I feel the fear is the breakthrough, actually. So I tell people who are stuck, I know it's a very hard place because I have known fear a lot in my own life. But when the whisper of my soul is really guiding me, then as hard as fear is, I try to break it down in myself, logically and then emotionally. Like, what's the worst thing that could happen to me if I do something that I'm fearful? It doesn't work out. But what if I don't ever try? I will never know. So when the choice is like that is, do I allow fear to take over? And so I will never know. Or do I allow my courage to take over? And it may not work out, but at least I have tried. So I think in this situation, the dragon energy pushes us towards courage. And it's interesting because as it even comes in, everyone's confidence gets a boost because the dragon is full of confidence and it doesn't really care that much what the whole world is saying. It wants to do what it feels is right to do. You mentioned having two major goals for the first half of the year and one major goal for the last half of the year. What is the difference in the energy from the first half of the year and the second half of the year? It's a very smart question. The dragon is very alive in the first half of the Chinese calendar year, which is February for six months, right? It's not January, it's February. The second half of the year, the dragon's energy is very alive. However, in December, we hit Mars retrograde. And that may slow or anger the dragon before it comes in. So we may notice it in November. November on, we may not notice the progress as much. So that's why I said choose one goal for the second half, which means like from August till really end of the year, one goal. Because you may hit some snacks in November, December. Mm. And also we feel the other animal energy the snake coming in or we will feel its presence some of us in december so the full dragon energy we want to use it really when it's fully there and mitra what's an example of a goal that you would say is worthwhile to put in that position of your one or two for the first half of the year your one for the next half of the year like for me i'm publishing my i'm self publishing a book so for me is Okay, I would like one of my goals in the first half of the year to be my book. So that's a very concrete goal, but it's also physical. That means there's a book, right? There's a physical. Now, someone else may say, I want to create peace in my family. Like, for example, they haven't been talking to their mother or father or sister or brother. So they are going to work on maybe going to therapy, maybe dialoguing. So that's a wonderful goal. Someone who's been struggling with health issues is my first half of the year. I'm going to try to seek, you know, practitioners who can help me find clarity and move forward with my health. Depends on you. I would say let's not make it about the ego or about like material wealth, because it's not about necessarily material wealth or happiness, right? It's about doing things that serve us and are our truths. And when we are living in our truth, then the material wealth will find its way. Right. And you know, one of the goals of the show is to help people 
love, trust, and know themselves enough to go after whatever it is that's on their heart. How can this year help us lean in to self-love, self-trust, and self-knowledge? Well, first of all, it has to begin with the desire to, like I was working for years with someone who kept admonishing themselves. No matter what they did, they never could say, I did this and wow, I'm so happy I did this. I'm so proud of myself because they had never learned to really love and never learned self-love. So first it has to be the desire to, and the desire to not be in the victimization role and also not be in the role of self-blame and admonishing. So I always say not to be the harsh judge, but the loving parent. So when you are the loving parent to yourself, if a toddler falls down, the loving parent will say, that's okay, you try again. But the admonishing parent will say, can't you even walk properly? And so that child will have, have a fear of walking. So it's for us to love ourselves despite if that result is produced or not. Like whether my book sells 20,000 copies or 200 copies, it doesn't take away from the merit of my book and the fact that I sat and wrote it. Not to be focused on the result or the expectation of, but the fact that I love myself because I believe I'm a good person, because I believe in the kindness that resides in me, because I believe this breath of life is a gift to me, and I'm created from love, and therefore love itself. I'm created from love, right? I'm not here by accident. You're not here by accident. We're in a chain of love. All of us are. So all of us are deserving to love ourselves and deserve to be loved. You have to be open to it. And if you don't want it, you have to ask yourself, why have I learned not to love myself yet? Is it my voice or is it the voice of others? And if it's the voice of others, you have to understand why you're putting so much emphasis on that. And I always talk about social media in this way. It's very easy to go to, on social media if you are a person that doesn't love yourself and become harder on yourself. Why don't I look like this? Why am I not? Look at this actress, look, she's older than me. She looks 10 times better than me. Or a dear man said, when you compare, you despair. So please don't compare. Is an orange more beautiful or apple? Is a daffodil more beautiful or a lily? How can you say? They're both all gorgeous, but each their own essence. So we have to embrace our essence. Our truth, which is one thing I so love about you, I've said this to you, as a young person, you are a person who really does this so beautifully, even if you think ever you struggle with it, but you break through it and you're able to stand in your space. And that's why you're always shining. You're always radiating light because you're living your truth. You're not becoming someone else. You are you, Lauren. So it's self-love is about Seeing myself as I am and understanding what I bring is unique to me and cannot be compared and cannot be valued by anyone else, but I have to value it first. And it's about me believing in my value as a person. So beautiful, Mitra. Thank you for always seeing me. Aww. I'm so grateful for you. I got to be honest with you, Mitra. I don't fully understand numerology. <laughs> And I know you said we're ending a 20-year cycle, which was the eight cycle. Yeah. 
So that that's different than the numerology. So the eighth cycle is a period. Okay. So it's a 20 year period where there was tremendous energy that was in Western astrology, Pluto and Capricorn. Right. And now we're going into Pluto. But we're actually in numerology where uh, 2024 is an eight year, which means we add we add the numbers of two, two and four, and we get an eight, which makes this with the dragon a year of tremendous potential, tremendous, but it's how we use it. So are we going to do it in peace and through peace and through mindfulness and through honesty? Or are we going to do it through aggression and ego and greed? As a world, this is the challenge. You said, what is the challenge? This is the challenge. Because just like the dragon is of the heavenly realm, it also brings the fire energy, right? So fire energy is aggressive. So do we choose aggression or do we choose the heavenly energy of the dragon? Mm. Do we choose peace or do we choose combat? This is a choice upon us and our world. And I believe and I have hope that our world will find the right way to do things and know it's only through peaceful measures. And speaking to that, I mean, there's so much Obviously, there's so much heartbreak right now. And I think because of that, there's so much anger in aggression, even amongst people who are not directly in conflict. To me, that isn't getting us closer to this heavenly energy that you're speaking of. It's taking us further away from our humanity and through recognizing the peace of God in all of us. What are some more heart-centered ways we can advocate for peace and harmony while still being strong in our beliefs? Well, that's a very good question. And I'm not sure I can fully answer it, but I will try. So I think one thing is when you have conflict with someone, rather than say my way or the highway, is to understand that they come from a different background. Like imagine me and you, we have different sets of parents, we're raised differently, we're from different countries. So will we have conflict on certain things Maybe, yes, because, you know, we've been preconditioned differently. But maybe it's to build respect. So instead of, as we tear down the walls of fear and conflict, is to build the bridge. And the bridge is a bridge, meaning it's what connects us together, not what separates us. So let's say you're very religious. Let's say someone's atheist. So instead of severing ties or calling each other names, is to find the respect and say, I respect your atheism because it's yours and your soul that's come into this world. So you have your own journey. And the other person say, I respect your religious qualities. As long as we we remember that what we choose, if it creates any harm, then it's a different story. Right. So this is about respecting one another in our differences and allowing it rather than combating it as long as there is no harm that's done. So if I'm saying, oh, I respect your way, but I'm going to go destroy all people who are atheists, that means then I am creating harm or vice versa. I think that's one thing about humanities. We don't need to agree. Yeah. And we have to remember this in this election year. There are people who are Democrats, there are people who are Republicans, there are people who are on the left, there are people on the right, but they're all people. And because they are all from one God, they are all children of God. 
no different. Their light, as it shines, my light will shine more. And if I dim their light, I will dim my own light. And I know some people are saying, no, but you don't know, da, 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 da. I say, no, no, no. Understand that if we continue to combat each other. Eye for an eye makes a whole world blind. What are we going to be? Just people who then can't see the differences, can't appreciate it. Do we go under the water if you've ever snorkeled or done scuba diving and say, oh, no, there's no room for this kind of fish here. And there's no room for the red fish. And there's no, no, the beauty of the ocean is that all of these creatures are able to live. And we as humans have to understand that humanity can only be saved and rise when we learn to respect each other and not create harm. Not If I put you down, if I break you down, that doesn't make me go higher. That actually breaks me down. One of our famous philosophers in Persian thought, Sadi said, when one finger hurts, all of the hand hurts. So right now people are hurting in Israel, I'm hurting. People are hurting in Gaza, I'm hurting. People hurting in Russia, I'm hurting. Ukraine, I'm hurting. I'm hurting because people, humans, souls are hurting. Yeah. Identity first is a human being. My identity first is not a Muslim or Christian or Jewish or Iranian or American. My identity is I am God's child. It's so true. I think that that's such an important thing for us to remember. Human first. Look for the connections, not the separations. Exactly. And do you think any of the great sages and prophets in our world would be happy to see the world divide itself like this? Do you think Moses or Jesus or Buddha or ever it was, their teachings ever implied for human beings to hurt one another? Never. Their doctrine was love. So we have to remember the doctrine is love and kindness. And if I'm being loving and kindness, I'm not doing something great. I'm doing something what I'm born to do. And the year of the dragon is about really us choosing the light over the dark. Where this year we really were zigzagging a lot. Next year it's about us focusing really, how do I do this? How do I step into the world? How do I shine my light so it can guide others? So beautiful. It's what I call soul, S-O-U-L-C-I-A-L, social justice. It's looking at this social justice through the lens of the soul instead of the brain or the ego. Yes. So that's what I guess the dragon wants us to do. And I love that. And thank you, God. Hey, creative. If you love the show and it has meant a lot to you, could you do me a favor Rate and review on Apple, give it a review on Spotify, share it with a friend. These things all make a major difference in a podcaster's life and in growing their show. And I really want to build up this community of creatives who love, trust, and know themselves and love, trust, and deeply know others. So if you could do that and share the show with someone you care about, that would mean so much. All right. I love you. Are there any key dates, Mitra, that we should be looking out for that have particularly powerful energy? Right now, we are in a powerful energy, although Mercury's retrograde, we're in a powerful energy. 
February 10th is definitely huge because it's the birth of the dragon. And around early February is this nine-year cycle birth. So we really will notice a shift and we'll all feel it on various levels. If we don't already, we will by then. But I will say a month that is very prominent will be around the first week of April starting till the first week of May because that's the dragon month. And that's the month that those who are challenged will feel the challenge more. Those who feel the opportunities and blessings will feel it more. But that's a powerful month. I will say another powerful month and maybe a challenging month for many would be probably the period after the first few days of October into the first few days of November. Because in Chinese astrology, each animal sign has an opposition sign. So that means that person, like in Western astrology, we have Cancer Capricorn. The opposition animals in Chinese astrology, when it's usually that year is huge for them, and it's never about it being easy. It's about them really needing to step up and break through. So they will feel a little bit more pressure. And that is going to be the month of the dog. And that's the time frame I said. So the people who are dragons and dogs will feel a big surge of energy in the dragon year, but on very different levels. But both of them needing to break through to rise. The dragon is called to leadership and to rise and not to shy away from it. And the dog is called to make changes because some things don't serve it anymore. So it has to be able to flow and adjust to the changes. All right. It's the dragons and the dogs, y'all. Bow, wow, wow. Fire everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to say this, which yeah. is sort of interesting, which is never talked about. The dragon is the only animal sign, first of all, that's not a real animal. Second of all, it's made out of six, seven different animals. Dragon has the eyes of the snake, has the head of the ox, has parts of the sheep, parts of the rabbit. It's just like the dragon is a mishmash of so much energies. So it's a very dynamic force and it has a lot of positives i mean of course every being has positives and negatives right and the negatives are not negatives they're just what we need to work through but um just saying that it makes dragon that's why so revered in eastern culture could i ask you a quick question because i've been in anticipation of our conversation looking up i found out three years ago that I was a dragon. I thought my whole life I was a snake, but I'd never looked at the specific dates. And it turns out the year of the dragon ended February 5th, 1989. And I was born on February 2nd. So I'm on the tail end of the year of the dragon. And so I've been looking it up. And one thing I noticed is it says there's lucky numbers and unlucky numbers for each sign. Do you believe in that? Is that true? Or is that just internet fear mongering? I don't put energy on that because let me tell you, you're not just a year of the dragon. You have the month, which is probably going to be month of the tiger or no second, right? So yeah. Month of the ox. So then you have the day, which is you're going to have a different day, like you're going to be a different animal. And then you have the hour and people can go online and they can go different websites and they can Google their chart. So you're not a hundred percent dragon. It's like saying to someone, oh, are you a Cancer? Are you Aquarius? And they're not just an Aquarius or a Cancer. They have a moon sign, a rising sign, a Venus sign. So in Chinese astrology, those four, they're called pillars. 
those four pillars don't only have different animal signs, they have different elements. So the wood dragon is very different than the metal dragon. So it gets much more intricate than that. So I always tell people, please know your four pillars. And then if you're going to go listen to forecasts, then know what each pillar stands for and listen to it in that way. Like, for example, you're a dragon, but your month is an ox, which affects your career. So in your career, you're much more ox-like, which means building slowly but surely. That's what ox does. Yes. Oxes leave legacy. So in your career, that's a legacy energy. So someone else may be in their hour. They may be, for example, a dog in their year, but then their hour is, let's say, I'm just giving an example, a snake or a rat. And they'll say, well, I don't feel like a typical dog because you're not 100% dog. You have the rat rising sign, which means how you do your investments, how you relate to younger generation, your action energy is more rat-like. So each pillar affects different parts of the life. But why I love, love Chinese astrology and I love numerology is because there's so many layers to it. And it's so rooted, like, you know, the story of even the 12 animal signs is amazing. The race, it's a race, right? So the great emperor called and say, 12 animal signs come to me. And then how the rat became first is not because it was the fastest, but because it got on the back of the ox. So it cheated. <laughs> but what did the ox do when it became fair first instead of the ox becoming enemies with the rat? Because the ox was so kind hearted, it became best friends with the rat. Aww. That's like one of the examples, you know, of why one animal comes in first, one second. The race is such an interesting thing and says so much about the animal signs, like the dragon. The dragon made rain happen somewhere else. And so it was late to the race. So that's why it became fourth, because it was helping others. That says a lot about the dragon. But it was, why was it late? That's very important, because it was helping others, where the other people, other animals were concentrating on the race. I love that. So these, these are such amazing things that we hear. So that's why it's got so much depth to it. There's such a story behind these animals. For example, oxes are considered sacred animals in India, right? Because they are of the earth and they help the earth. So oxes are known to be a blessing animal. It's like a blessing to have a child who was born the year of the ox or has ox energy because they always are going to be good and kind, mostly. I'm not, I'm talking about mostly to their <laughs> parents or their country. But then you have, you need the tiger too. Because the tiger has the focus, right? It zooms in, it has a goal, it makes things happen. So each animal sign has a lot of reasons in that race. And that's why it was chosen. Right. I find it fascinating. And the same thing is for numerology. Numerology is an ancient form of study. Like what's the one number? Like if your birthday is the 13 number, it's so interesting. So I ask people though, just please when they go online to really look at the masters of who talk about Chinese astrology, those who have really been doing it for such a long time. So they get the right guidance and information. Right. And I know you're very careful to say you're not a Chinese astrologer, but you've studied it for 37 years, did you say? 32 years. Yeah, this is my 31st or 32nd year doing the workshop. Okay. 
And so tell my listeners a little bit about, I mean, I know that their interest is peaked after this. They want to learn more. Tell them about your workshop, what they can learn from it and how they can get involved. Okay. So the workshop I do is once a year. Of course, I have a prelude to it. And then I do other classes that help support people in January and February. But my workshop is a big workshop. It's about three hours, two and a half, three hours. And there's a recording of it. We do too. And it basically will break down the year. It will break down for each animal sign and the pillars and the trends of that year, whether it's politically, weather, health, entertainment, fashion, it talks about everything. So I'm very anal and I go in tremendous detail. And then I talk about the numerology of the year and what each person being in a different number sign, what that means that year. And of course, doing this for so long and being into it, I kind of have that energy all with me too, to see how I can best guide the people. So if people want to take it, they can just connect to my website, it's uh, voiceofmitra.com, or they can connect to my Instagram or Facebook, and they can look when I do the class, or they can get on my mailing list, and they can just register for the class. And remind me what day it is and what time it is. My workshop is going to be on the 28th, a Sunday in January. We're going to do it 1 p.m. Los Angeles time. Also, make sure you get on Mitra's mailing list because she's always doing incredible workshops. I know you also have one that really breaks down the specific dates for this coming year too, that will be in addition to this three hour workshop that you're doing on Sunday, the 28th. So your mailing list is great. You're always giving great insights and you always have these beautiful offerings of workshops on there too. So I have to highly recommend it. Thank you so much. So my mailing list, as you know, we do uh, one inspirational or spirit, you know, message and then there's other things in each newsletter. There's the astrological trends. There's a mantra or stone recommendation. So really try to give supportive tools to people to guide them and everything. So hopefully it helps. And I would love to get more people and people to join in. It's one of the two or three mailing lists I'm on that when I get it, I'm not like, oh my gosh, another. I'm like, <laughs> Mitra emailed me. Yay. Because it. <laughs> No matter what, even though I know you're mailing, you know, to a lot of different people, it feels so personalized because you really do bring down the messages that the collective needs to hear. So I can't recommend it enough. Mitra, we're pretty much at time, but is there any final thought, blessing, wish that you have for my little creative cuties to send them on their way? First of all, thank you for all you do for our world, Lauren. It goes much more than what you think. So the space you create is then shared and then shared and shared and people carry this. So people carry the energy and thank you for always voicing truth and light and being centered in what you say, because it never comes from a place of ego, always comes from a place of love what you do. So here in closing, I would just like to say, I pray and I hope that our world will find peaceful measures to create a rise in humanity. And I pray each person who's listening to this podcast is truthful and honest to themselves, honors their soul, honors their body, and is able to walk peacefully onto this earth, creating love and guidance and kindness in each step. God bless each person. You already are blessed. And may you see each thing that you have in this life and each thing that you do not have equally. 
as your blessing. Amen. Amen. That brought tears to my eyes. I love you so much, Mitra. Thank you, you for who you are and for all the support you've given me in the world. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for being here. Love you. Thank you for listening and thanks to my guest, Mitra Bar. For more info on Mitra, follow her at Voice of Mitra and visit her website, voiceofmitra.com to learn more about her, subscribe to her newsletter and join her classes. Thanks to Rachel Fulton for helping edit and associate produce this episode. Follow her at Rachel M. Fulton. Thanks to Liz Full for the show's theme music. Follow her at Liz Full. And again, thank you. If you like what you heard today, remember to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Share the show with a friend and post about it on social media. Tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Also tag the guests at Voice of Mitra so they can share as well. My wish for you this week is that you step into your power and start harnessing that dragon energy. I love you and I believe in you. Talk with you next week.